Hey, how's it going? This is Billy. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Cheers, babe. Cheers. It was interesting as we were testing the mics before we turned on this podcast. Um, Vic made a comment. She asked me to like get loud, get soft. She'd test my mic for a good, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds. And then you, she's like, Jen, you talk. You talk for three seconds. She's like, we're good. And I was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> why, why is so much testing with me? And she's like, well, Jen stays stable. And just consistent, she's like, you're up and down. And no, I thought, like, I said, you're the one who gets impassioned. Truth. Yeah, but I felt like it was a commentary on our personalities, not just our just a talking. little bit, just a little bit, baby love. Am I like super up and down, baby? I feel like you can be. Am I the? I'm the definitely the emotional one in the relationship. It's not really about emotional um, it's being able to control it's, or navigate your emotions. It's you can't. It's being able to. I'm control just full and navigate. <laughs> That's not true. The I'm, volume of your voice. The volume of your voice gets very loud. I feel like I just live full on. And then I feel like you have, no, you have, you have personalities. You have personalities. We know these personalities. There's, first of all, there's, there's Jen, my wife. It's there's, already a jab. We there's know fun these Jen. I love Jen. We, we actually gave you a name. We call you Vacation JJ. The JJ for short. No. Um, no. Yeah, we do. Vacation That's, Jen. Vacation Jen is so fun. Relax. I all the Jen time. orders appetizers. Yes. Nachos for the table. Yeah, just all the good stuff. Vacation Jen doesn't wear a bra. <laughs> Um, and then there's, then there's busy boss girl who I love. She's sexy, but busy boss girl is not playing. I'm not playing. Busy boss girl. It has not, it's just on, on, on doing 50 things at a time. Like it is, it is go time. We do, babe. Don't, don't, don't waste time with busy boss girl. (laughs) And then there's counselor, counselor Jen. Which, yeah, which is you kind of turned on Counselor Jen right before we turned on the mics, where uh-huh. you're like, the many times this week I had to say to Billy, now, now Billy, you're getting intense, and I'm like, and listen, Counselor Jen, <laughs> I don't actually say that way. <laughs> just what you do, like, you Billy, you did it to me multiple times this week. You go like, Billy, I just said, I just, Billy, I was like, what? and you no. like, you like, put your hand out, you're like, Billy, and I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I, put my hand out. I said, if I could be next to you, I put my hand on your leg, and I'd say, there's no, there's no reason to raise your voice. I'm right here. I'm, I'm um, right our counselor, who we love dearly, her <laughs> name is Molly. Maybe I'll just call you when you start acting that way. I'll call you Molly Jen. Molly Jen. <laughs> Molly Jen Jen. Listen, Molly Jen Molly Jen. Jensen. Oh yeah, her name is Molly Jensen, but we I call you Molly Jen Jen. <laughs> Molly Jen Jen. <laughs> Chill. All right, deep I have boy. a counselor. Her name is Molly. Okay, and true you story. are not her. True story. I was hanging out with one of my friends, Azure. And her name and is love, awesome because uh, she says, hey, I, couldn't, I couldn't make, I, I could I didn't feel like I was pronouncing it right. And then she's like, just think of lingerie and you got it. I and know. That's the best way to remember her name. Azure, lingerie. lingerie. We were sitting in the, the car up on our driveway and our driveway is like on an incline. So we're at the top and, and you walk out from the garage, you're down below, you know, and, um, this was all have, last week. This was just the other night and we're sitting there talking. It's probably like 10 o'clock at night. And you come out, you know, you're just doing your chores. Travis and I were building the car. Doing the trash, putting the trash. You were like tying something. So you bend over. And I mean, you're just showing all your glory. Deep V, everything. Oh, my glory. Yeah, which (laughs) how did I bend over? And and she goes, Oh, she goes, Oh, like kind of like 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 embarrassed, but not oh, there's for real. There's Billy's deep V. And then I look and you're like kind of just about to lean over and then you lean over. I didn't even know who was in the see, car with we you. We just see all the things. Stop it. You did not see all the things. <laughs> I wasn't wearing a onesie. <laughs> and we laugh. Because the deep V then, turns then into then a go, dark abyss. Then I take it to the middle level. I'm like, oh, look at those man boobs. And she just gets so. Babe, I do not have man boobs. <laughs> you no, know, you have pecs. You don't have Thank boobs. you. Uh, well, that's we what I meant. That's Why what do I we meant. keep getting into the boob category? <laughs> 
Dear Lord. Anyway, you're wearing your deep V, so just spread it well, all back. To sorry for that, Azure, who's pronounced lingerie. <laughs> oh. I didn't know. You should have warned me. You should have honked. I think you th- you said, I thought you were in the car with your si- my sister. Or, I'm in the privacy of my home, you man. You still have been aware of it. I'm just wearing, I was wearing a hoodie. <laughs> and it was it. unzipped slightly. It's sexy, baby. Because I hate it when it hits my neck. Yeah. Like the zipper hits my neck. So I pulled the zipper down. You pull it way down, like right between um, the pecs. Speaking of man pecs, um, you'll, <laughs> I just, I was t- I was with a friend last night and he was telling me about this thing called, maybe maybe some of the listeners have heard of it. It's called 75 Hard. It's a, it's like, it's a lifestyle and you go for 75 days hard and i'm going to do it i'm what? starting after memorial day and here's what it is it's just a <laughs> few things Mem- after eat all the carbs and meat though. i don't eat carbs <laughs> girl okay. listen 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 linda listen molly jen jen <laughs> i need listen, you to linda. chill listen linda um listen um what so you, you follow a diet and the only but you pick a diet but the only rule is that there's no cheat day and there is no alcohol so that's no matter what diet you're following, no alcohol, no GTA for 75 days. Ew. Drink a gallon of water a day. That's the second thing. Work out what? twice a day. One indoors, one outdoors. 45 minutes, twice a day. One indoors, one outdoors. And read 10 pages in a nonfiction book a day. Just 10 pages. So like pick a, just 10 pages. This is, un- no. It's called, seven, it's called 75 hard. And here's the thing. If you miss one day, if you eat a carb, if you don't drink the gallon of water, if you didn't get two workouts, and if over. you got to start over from day one. It's called 75 hard. Why 75? Can it be seven hard? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should probably ease in with Said seven like hard. A I'm going 75 old. hard. You know why? <laughs> because if I start the day after Memorial Day, and then I go 75 days, it? it'll be after that 75 days, the next day we fly to Florida Babe, for vacation. you're going to have a hard body, man. 75 hard. Tell you. I, I want to do it so badly. I've made a few. I've made a few little adjustments. Sure, you have. I want to hear. <laughs> Sunday's a day off. I'm taking Sunday off. I, I can't. I can't work out twice a day on Sundays. Like it's impossible. That's true. I don't think it. So I'm giving Not myself. Impossible, but I mean, if you well, you could do. You could do an indoor. You could do indoor. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? Walk, I'm doing 75 semi hard. <laughs> Wait, no. <laughs> Stop. Happening. Pick this out, Jake. Renew your mind. Renew it. Anyways, so Anyways. baby, you'll be happy about that. So oh, I'm you can a- stop making moob comments. <laughs> I wasn't. I was you know, that's like my worst fear in life. And you're like trying to bring it, bring it out. You're bringing insecurities no, out. I didn't know it was. So sorry. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today, friends? Welcome to the podcast. You're all dressed. Oh, this is the first time in a long time where we uh, recorded the podcast in the morning. Get some context. I wear clothes to the podcast recording. I know, but I thought because we were doing a morning podcast, which is how we started this thing way back in the day. Way back in the day. We'll wake up, brew our coffee, pick the sound chick comes over, we make a little breakfast, we turn on the mics. Um, but you're, and typically you're in a robe and you're un, you're unclad underneath the robe, but today you're all you're all ready to go because you got to go to the shop. Going to the shop, my mm-hmm. friends. Well, before she didn't have a job. But we're recording in the morning. That's true. True story. Recording in the morning. So hopefully we'll be fresher. And be fresh in my mind. Okay. okay. I was, here we go. I was having... Um, <laughs> okay. The transitions that you have are just epic. What, that right there? Okay. okay. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to see if you were going to take us anywhere, if you're going to contribute, uh, oh, if you're going to add any oh. new content, and you're just like messing around with Vic the Sound. You guys are both taking pictures of me, which I don't appreciate. <laughs> what is happening? It's the DV. The man. dog is licking your leg. It's just a weird no. coffee talk studio moment. Um. So I was having dinner with a friend last night because you had a bunch of girls over and you kicked me out of the house. It's all cool. It's cool. Me and a friend hung out. And he was telling me like he, he's he been struggling with this certain area. And he's like, and I call this guy every time I'm struggling. And 
He goes, and the guy just tells me, he gives me a formula. He's like, do this, this, this. And he's like, and I do what he tells me, and it works every time. And I, and I had an issue because I, I don't actually subscribe to the theory that, like, there are formulas in life that if you just, like, you know, one size fits all. Do this, 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 you'll be happy. Do this, 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 you'll be successful. I don't believe it. You know, like, formula for success, formula for happiness, formula for, mm. you know, if you do all these things, you'll be in perfect shape. I don't think there is a one size fits all formula. I don't believe that life. But it got me thinking because he was explaining to me something. He's also the guy who told me about 75 hard. And I was like, okay, all right, man. Um, got me thinking. I do believe there are certain principles and things that will help us. So although I wouldn't subscribe to like do this to a T and everything will work out because I, I think formulas are a fairy tale in a lot of ways. But I do think there are things that, they can help. So if you kind of come up with like, like this 75 hard, like this is not going to make me a hard body, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I'm going to be a little more firm than I was. I'm going <laughs> to like it. They'll be a little more firm than fluffy. And so, you know, so I think there's benefits we can get from it. So I was thinking, um, and so I've come up with my own formula. Again, tongue in cheek, because I don't actually believe in formulas. But if you were to say, Billy, and we, him and I were talking about this last night. He goes, like, Billy, like what is the formula for happiness you know that's the question like if you want to be happy in life what's the formula again i don't think there's a formula i think there's multiple variables but i did come up with four things that if i were to put them in a formula and mix it up in a drink and hand it to you to drink and i thought these would most likely bring happiness if you combine all four of them into one elixir it would be the happy drink I came up with four. I like happy And drinks. I'm going to throw them out there, and I wonder if you agree or disagree, and then we can talk about each one. Let's go. Sound good? Sounds good, babe. Cheers, babe. Cheers, my love. All right. Number one. <laughs> a little late on the take. Hey. Uh, number one, I think, and I'll just say them all, and then tell me if you disagree immediately, and then we can talk about each one. If there's a formula to being happy, I would say, number one, do hard things. Oh, already loving it. Number two, rest regularly. Like it. Number three, make wise decisions. Emphasis Best on the word ever. wise. And number four, love completely. Ooh. Do hard things, hard rest things. regularly, make wise decisions, and love completely. If you put those in a cup, stir them around, add a little marshishino cherry, and drink it, you will Ooh. be happy for the rest of your life. Ooh. <laughs> Do you disagree? Does I, any one of them like, like, eh, eh, or? Do hard things, not a huge fan of. <laughs> classic and you're going to be sad classic (laughs) do hard things is probably my my favorite because it leads to so much joy and so much contentment in the end okay let's just jump into it because i agree with what you're saying doing hard things there is no reward like doing something hard and completing it like there is a huge reward. Exactly. I like, mean, childbirth, people. Let's just get practical oh out the door. I was going to say building a house, but childbirth Trump <laughs> kills that. Yeah. Talk about doing. I can't relate things. with. Yeah, like I don't, that's an impossible. That, that thing. is a joy that you can't even explain after you've done the hardest thing your body has ever gone. Through. Right. 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 I know. You can right. Agree, like, babe, right. We, we Remember get that it. time when you had a little snip snip, and you're like, it's like giving birth. <laughs> I was like, not even close. You referred to the vasectomy? The little snip snip? It was very painful. Okay. Um, but it's nothing. Okay, I, Okay. not only 50% of the people listening can relate with the childbirth thing. but Totally. You know, like doing something hard, doing something that like takes long, that requires work. I think it's human nature and life to kind of like find the easy way out. <clears throat> totally. Just search for the, the path of least resistance. And I don't think that's bad. I don't want to go out and say that. But I think happiness... Uh, 
one of the p- parts of finding true happiness, like genuinely, genuine, genuine fulfillment, is actually picking to do hard things. There is such a reward and a fulfillment. Anyone can do the easy thing. Anyone can do what everyone does. But there's a few that do hard things. And doing hard things makes us, first of all, I would say this. I know if I'm talking to men, like males, I would say it's what makes you a good man mm-hmm. is the ability and the courage to do hard things. Yes. Now, don't get hard. Like, don't become a hard person, like like just a mean, angry, rough, because all I do is hard things in life. And you, you get this outlook on life that just like, you just you live hard. It's always you, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think we can still be, you know, genuinely kind and people want to be around us but like choosing to work hard do hard things like as opposed to just looking for the easy way out a hundred percent i mean the hard thing of we didn't have to be necessarily hard like you just described but i mean consistency could be the hard thing for somebody just just be consistent that's that's hard do the hard things you know Uh, yeah i think it's we need to be pushed because pushing is growing absolutely if you're if you push me then i grow if you stretch me then i grow if you don't I know, and I, I think we need challenges that make us come alive or remind us that we're living. Like a challenge that reminds you, like, when's the last time, here's a good question, when is the last time you chose to face a challenge head on? A challenge that was bigger than you, a challenge that was going to require a lot. Like, y- just yesterday, all three of us and a few people that we work with were, were literally walking through a, a big challenge, something that's like, if you'd asked me two years ago, would we be attempting to do what we're about to do? And like, this no week, way. I'd have been like, no way. Are you crazy? You're smoking. That's so hard. <laughs> you know, like, that would be so hard. How would we even start? Like, I literally would have said that. Like, and I'm down for challenges. I'd be like, how would we even start? Where would we get the money? How would we even know what to do? That's not even a possibility. Like, this is ridiculous. You have no idea <laughs> the work that's involved. Yeah. And yet, here we are a year and a half later, and we're doing it. And it, man, the reward. Yes. So I just think there's something about um, what's that? What was that old saying? Like iron is forged in the fire. You know, like you can't become strong. You can't be your best self unless you do hard things. I'm not saying you always have to do the hard thing, but if you want to be your best self, if you truly want to be happy, which I think part of happiness is being the best version of you, you're gonna have to do hard things. Stop running away from hard things. I love this guy. Last night I was having dinner with. He was like, he's like, dude, I used to never do hard things. He was just, we were having this conversation. He's like, I never did them. I always, he's like, you know, and he's, he, he was like, I smoked weed all the time. I always tried to get out of work. I always tried to get the easiest, cushiest job. Uh, he's like, and now, like, I look for hard things and I go do them because it makes me feel alive. And I'm like, right? That's real. There's something about it. Um, Oprah, I love this, to quote Oprah Winfrey. She said, uh, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. She was kind of debunking the thing of luck. She's like, I just think luck is preparation meeting opportunity. And what she was saying, what she was saying is like, I work hard, I prepare, I get it done, and then all of a sudden opportunity presents itself, and and I'm ready to go. Why? Because I've been doing the hard things, and then now that opportunity I can jump on. And it's like, and I would say that's kind of where we are in a lot of ways. Like, there's a lot of things that we couldn't have done two years ago, but because we've been working hard, preparing, now when opportunities open up, we're like, we could do it. Because we've been doing and the you hard know, things. Sometimes the hard things, the hard things look like um, admitting you're wrong. Oh, yeah. Like the emotion that people just are so like, I won't admit weakness. I won't admit that I'm wrong. I mean, the hard thing of apologizing, right? How that could do wonders in a marriage. It could literally restore marriage. Just say you're sorry. Take mm-hmm. ownership. Yeah. How that could even change a relationship between, you know, a, a family member. It's like, 
own the fact that you made a major mistake. And it, that's the hard thing, and it could change everything. We're not just physical work, but I even think when you go to the hard stuff, I think of the emotional sides yeah, of that. True. Like, oh, you got to put in some work with like making it right with a lot of people, or admitting that you can you can't do something. You know, I think I think for me along the way that's helped me do some hard stuff is admitting I need some help. I need help with this. It could even be some practical things of even running my business. I'm not good in certain areas, but admitting that I'm not has helped me to be successful. Yeah, and I think that's a key. To and that's success. hard. That's hard. Saying, okay, I'm actually not going to be good at this and it stresses me out. I need help. Could you help me? Mm-hmm. Hiring someone that you're that that's better at something than you are. It's huge. Yeah, and that, how perfect. I come from the total male perspective of like doing and you come from the the female perspective of like emotions and feeling, but it's so real. I think it may be even more real for men though, too. No, it is. You know? No, I no, I totally. I'm just saying like my perspective is so It's about the hard work, caveman, physical yeah. thing. Um, but I think both are true. And the truth of it is some of my greatest joys in life, and we, I think people could probably echo this, is when I chose to do those hard things like say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, confess. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Admit that we're wrong. I mean, that's so hard. But then some of the greatest breakthroughs and actual joy, not fake happy moments, not you know pretense, but like actual like fulfillment and like, oh my God. Like, I mean, we could say that in our marriage for sure mm-hmm. by doing the hard things. Yeah, we're, we're happy, you, right? It, it breeds happiness. You're happy, clap your hands. If you're like, I, don't know. I don't even know the song. Because I'm happy. Happening? Yeah, you do. Oh, um, your, your spin on it was just not, you know. It was a remix, girl. <laughs> uh, if you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. Okay. <laughs> It's a real song That's from my personal song. point of view. Get an ugly woman to marry you. <laughs> Where did that come from? It's old school. He's like, yeah, Yo, your wife is ugly. He's like, yeah, but she sure can cook. <laughs> it's so That's so That's, an, that's a legitimate that is- song I remember from my childhood. I'm not about that song. That, that, song, that, that has, song would not make it in 2020. Yeah, they'd be canceled. That is not my story. I have a beautiful woman as my wife. You who can like also cook? That. But you don't have to cook. You only cook if you want to. No, the in funny fact, thing is, is I, cook. I overheard my son say to a friend, oh, my mom doesn't cook at all. I was like, <laughs> she's, not, she's not a cook. She never cooks anything. She has, it doesn't cook. It's probably been five years. I was maybe. like, Oh my word! He has forgotten. It. It's who you are. He has forgotten over the last two years. I don't hardly. I don't cook anymore. I don't think it's two. I think it's five. <laughs> it keeps getting longer. I've been cooking for a long time. She cooked for twenty years. Uh, you know what so happened? Did I? Busy boss girl. <laughs> That's I what happened. Busy boss girl happened. I think the year before quarantine, I stopped cooking. It's been three and a half years, literally. You were legitimately busy, and we like to eat out, and I like to cook. So yeah, that then, but then I I said I could. I go, Caleb, I cooked for every it's night. When you guys moved and you had a yard and a grill. Yeah. That changed things. Yeah. Something, right? Please don't get it twisted. I don't cook every day. I only cook when I want to, which is very regular. But I, I love to grill. I don't cook enough. I made a homemade pizza like, I don't know, two weeks ago, and the kids were like, They oh, could not believe what? it. And I was like, dude, this is a big like, deal. Mom, you're cooking? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was also s- really, semi shocked. Did you now clean a- after you cooked? No, Ow! I did. That is that is a job. <laughs> and then you know what? I made dinner the other night, grilled for the whole family, and guess who cleaned that up? You did. I did. <laughs> and guess who does all the laundry now? Oh, it's kind of therapy. You I do. do. <laughs> but I still work and grind. It's. 
I think I'm getting better. You're, I drive a Dodge Trans. You're digressing. I'm getting better. Okay. I think it's, no, you're not. You're it's the best. 40 years of doing you know, Just keep going without dishes. a bra. I'm good to go. Oh you know, let's just gosh. do this. All right, number two. So Thank if you're you going to do hard things, okay. remember the formula for happiness, not really, but this these things will help me. Rest regularly. I think the most rewarding rest is resting when we've worked hard. Mm. When I've done hard things and you've accomplished. I mean, well, that there's is. there's such a fulfillment with that, right? Like, yeah. When you work hard and then you 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 take a, a legitimate day off, it's so rewarding. You don't feel guilty about taking a day off. Okay, I and that's, struggle with that. That's though. the point. There's guilty because in fact, if you aren't doing hard things, <clears throat> then resting is dangerously close to laziness. That's that is, a fact. I would say it is. If you're not doing hard things, then first of all, why do you need to rest? And it's so what happens is, and can I just be honest? The pandemic was a petri dish for laziness. People forgot how to work, yep. or they fell into a lazy slump. It is so real. People service. doing jobs from their homes, and I get it. There are there are people. We are a part of the of the people yeah. that during the pandemic worked. We worked. Now we definitely had moments, months right there. I mean, I remember March and April of twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. We didn't do I, anything. I think it was a three. We forced ourselves to go on like, walks. Yeah. Oh. We forced ourselves to go into the garage with the family and do workouts. We forced ourselves to do things. I jumped into writing a book. Like we we found things. We literally found things to do. Because we weren't doing much, right? Yeah. But people fell into a lazy slump. Like they call working, just getting up, going to your computer. And I get it. You didn't have a choice. So I mean, there's no condemnation. People are like, wait a second. I had to provide. No, no, no. I get it. Like, good job. You made it through it. Right. But we're through it, people. Yes. And if you think we're not, you're living, you're not living in reality. Maybe, 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 maybe you fell into a lazy slump. And you don't want to go back to the working art. I have seen the entire organization shut down. Because of that. Because they're like, we don't want to go back to what we were doing. It was an escape for them. <clears throat> and they've closed their doors and laid off the majority of their staff. And they've stopped doing exactly what they exist to do. And they've convinced themselves. I don't know if they have convinced themselves. But they're telling the narrative that this is how it's supposed to be. Foss, man, I think maybe you fell into a lazy slump. That's really real. Yeah. It's and who was it? Was it The Rock that said he never goes more than three days without doing a physical, you know, workout? Because mm-hmm. after that third day period, he said it's it's so much harder. And 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 I know he's talking very practical, very physical, but I think that's that's really true about our just the human nature. You start going, you know, two, three, four days out of rhythm a little bit, things kind of get. But I do agree. You said about rest. I think that's hard. It's hard for me when I've gone really, really hard for a stretch to actually turn it off. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I don't, I'm still, even at this age and point in life, I'm still not quite sure if I really know how to turn it I off. I think you do a good job. Like you took, you took two days off from the shop last week You did, and you did it on your own. It's not like I was like, babe, you just, I think you do. I just think we have to make it, it has to be a part of our routine. There's a routine. Right. There's a routine. There's work hard, go yeah. hard, do hard things, rest. It doesn't say rest perpetually, which is what a lot of people are doing nowadays. They're perpetually resting. It's regularly because I work and then I rest. I work and I rest. It is it is a rhythm that actually I think, and probably there's psychologists and sociologists out there can tell me like it it breathes happiness and joy and fulfillment and health. Yeah. Work, rest, work, rest. If all you do is work, burn out. If all you do is rest, you're lazy. It's got to be the both and. I agree. Well, we always have to do, uh, on vacation, we're like, rules. Don't talk about work. Yeah. Because you do have to be intentional. It is tough to, like, stop. Okay, well, let me say this. That's really Let's just define resting, because I I see resting as threefold. Number one, we rest to recharge, right? And then I think we rest to to have fun, like recreation, 
Like, and I think that's necessary. Like, work hard, play hard. Like, you, you, we should have fun. Like, there should be fun. So, and then we rest, I think, also to get our stuff done. And let me explain this. Like, I have things that I have to do to make a living for the things that we're doing. But then there's certain things that I want to do, I need to do, but I don't have time to do. Like, if, if you're a gardener and you want to go out and do your garden, um, for me, like, I like to do crossword puzzles. And there's there's things around the house I want to get done. Like, oh, I meant to fix that faucet. I want to do it. Like, I need to get it done. And I think resting should include all those things. So, so first, rest to recharge. Like, refuel. Mm-hmm. Like, get some rest. Rest to have fun, to recreate, to enjoy, to laugh, to leisure. And then rest to get done what you want to get done. Like, Jen, you, you're, you're pretty good at this. Like, there's things you're like, I want to do this. I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say so recharge, but then also, so that, that's a beauty of like a two day weekend or, or right. two days off, like one day just recharge. And then the next day, like kind of work on the things that you want to work on. And I on. think that was the thing I'm realizing even this last weekend, like I had a two days, two and a half days. First day, I just had to get things done. So it was a different kind of work, right? It was out of my routine. It was, I actually enjoyed it. It's, it's kind of therapeutic. Stuff that you just, but has then been I realized I'm still, I'm like physically tired right. and then you're like babe you just fell asleep on the couch in the afternoon i think that next day my i was ready to do a different kind of rest rest to recharge like you know watch a show fall asleep go on a walk and that really was a huge moment for make me. love like jack Rabbit. yeah totally yes totally. okay um so then number three this is probably my favorite one make wise decisions yes okay it's, my it's, too. it's more than just good decisions it's wise decisions not uh don't just make the easiest decision don't just make the most convenient or obvious decision don't even make the most logical decision but when you're making decisions which we all do every day here's the question is it wise and so if i were to find wise i would say it's sensible and shrewd Mm -hmm. is this is this decision sensible and is this decision shrewd it has to be both to be wise because a lot of times people just make the sensible decision it's like okay well i mean that's like that's that's very just mediocre but is it sensible and shrewd? That to me um, is wise. The question shouldn't be, is there anything wrong with what I'm doing? Because I think that's how a lot of people do. Like, well, is there anything wrong with it? Like, I'm going to do this. Well, why are you doing that? Well, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's a recipe for mediocrity. Mm. Just if you're if your standard for making decisions, like, well, it's not wrong. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, dude, raise the bar. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, raise the bar. Ask yourself this question. Is this the wise thing to do? Is this the shrewd thing to do? Is this the um, sensible thing to do? I love that. I love just just the the asking of yourself on a constant basis. Is this a wise decision? Is this a, a wise thing to do? The Bible even says, and and I love it because it says it gives you practical and plain understanding. Meaning that if you ask you'll have the ability to just comprehend things that's supposed to be simple and normal. You'll actually look extremely wise because you just have this ability to constantly make good decisions. And I, and I literally think it's because you slow down and ask yourself, is this a wise decision? Mm-hmm. Is this not just, is it, is it, is it a matter of it's a good or bad? Is this the wisest thing in the season where I'm at? Right. Like asking that question on a constant basis is such a huge so many, yeah. practical piece. So many times our, our thing is like, is it good or is it bad? Well, if it's not bad, then let's do it. Like what? No, 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 no. Cause wise. Okay. So Which how can you define though, the difference between good and bad and wise, like in those moments? So yeah. And, here's a, a and maybe in a practical thing. Well, okay. Okay. Let me try. How do you know if it's wise? Like what's your reference point? for wise let me i'll start out with like this okay i remember when we were kids i'm when you're in the ocean you know there's an undertow 
And when I was a kid, the undertow, it's not the one that pulls you out. That's a riptide. But undertows pull you to the side. They'll take you down the beach. So I remember we'd get in the water. And then we'd look up 10 minutes later and we'd be like, where's our, where's, where's our family? Where are we? What happened? It moved. They didn't move. We moved. The undertow drifted. And that's life, by the way. Life will, if you're not intentional, if you're not making wise decisions, you'll just all of a sudden, by default, find yourself drifting. So what we would do is we would always, we had to establish a reference point. For us, it would be like a lifeguard chair. Many times it would be the color of our umbrella. My parents all used to always get like certain umbrellas. They'd have like the blue one and then a multicolored one. And we would look at it and like, so when we'd be in the water, we'd look up. And at any point we realized we couldn't see that anymore. You've drifted too Then we'd far. get out of the water. We'd go back to our reference point and we'd get back in and swim. I think you have to set reference points. Markers. I love that. In life. Okay. So for instance, for me, um, I would have three reference points to making a wise decision. Number one. Is this wise in light of my past experiences? Number two, is this wise in light of my current circumstances? And number three, is this wise in light of my future hopes and dreams? That's that would be my beautiful. reference point. Is this wise based on my past experience? So what has worked in the past? What did we do in the past? What you worked? What didn't work? You, yes. My mistakes and my successes. The good and the bad. And then is it wise currently in light of my current circumstances? Like, is it wise to buy a house right now when you just lost a job? Well, currently, we bought a house. You know, we bought a house two years ago, and that was a wise decision. Is it, you know, what I'm saying, like, what are you currently facing? And that's just a random thing. And then, is it wise? Here's where the shrewdness comes in, in light of my hopes and dreams, like where we're going long term. If you can use those three things as your reference points, as a marker, I think if you can think that way. Now, again, you're like, man, that's a lot to think about. Well, you want to make wise decisions. Our life is a sum total of the decisions exactly. we make and the people we encounter. That's exactly right. So you're going to encounter people awesome. The decisions you make and all those encounters, that is that will be your life. So let's go Series for the wise, best decision. Anything else you have to add? And I'll add this one little caveat before we finish. Um, I think making wise decisions entails knowing what you don't know and asking for help from those who do know. Mm. And I think that happens our whole life. I think one of the ways we make the wise decision is we know what we don't know. And maybe I should say this, admit what you don't know. And I love that you were saying like in business, I just asked and asked and asked. And you still do to this day. Every time you meet any coffee shop or florist or camps, you start asking them questions and you're very, you're doing very well. You know, we've just started, but you've seen a lot of success up front, but you're so inquisitive of companies that are bigger than you and companies that are much smaller than you. Mm -hmm. You don't, it doesn't, you don't, I love that about you because you're like, I want to. I want to know what I don't know, totally, and then I want to get help from people who do know. And Absolutely. I think that's a part of making wise decisions in, in, in any area. Like, and I think that's. I think that's for whatever reason. Um, it's not. It's not a normal thing in society. People asking, you know, questions. It could, it could come down to anything in life. It could be your, how you raise your kids to marriage to relationships to friendships, but asking and, and to take it back to the Bible. And I have to, because mm -hmm. the Bible says that wisdom is, is a free gift from God. And, and it basically end of story, he just says, ask for it, ask me for wisdom. I give it. And, and I think for, for me, can I just say as just my personal walk, that's been something I've done all my life is I've just asked God, God, give me like insight in this moment, mm -hmm. in the very moment I'm living life, I just, I simply say a small prayer. And it's amazing how even in those moments I become calmer and I, I actually start feeling and knowing things 
that I have no idea that I should I should even know. Yeah. And I think that's just because there's a God, and we all have to admit it, who is in heaven, who is the masterful wisdom of all, you know, and he can give it out freely. And we have to ask. We yeah. have to ask. It's, it's some people like you would say you're not very good with book smarts, but you have you have street smarts and it's shrewdness and sensibility. It's common sense. It's like you just have this ability to be like, this is what needs to be done. And I love that. And you're living proof of that. Okay. Last one in our formula to happiness. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life. Um, this is the theme song. Love completely. And what I mean by this is no more of this halfway wishy-washy love. And here's why we here's why we love halfway in life. People. Because people hurt us. No, I was just to say, because <laughs> we're all walking around. So you're with like, a lot oh, I've been down this road. I've been betrayed. I remember pouring my life into that person and then they just backstabbed me. I remember I I, I told them everything. I was open with them and they used it against me and they betrayed. You know, I mean, there's so many. You know, they lied to me. They be there's and so there is there is a natural just holding defense back defense mechanism to yeah. be like, I'm gonna love you. I'm just enough. I'm gonna love you halfway. Yeah. Right. I'm a, and and so I feel though that is that is the formula for disappointment, the formula mm. for just mediocrity, the formula for just kind of like going the status quo. You we can't allow life and hurt and other people to keep us from living life fully. And the only way to do that is to love completely. Now, that doesn't so mean I love. So much easier said. said well, there's that. levels of love. Like, okay, for instance, um, the Bible says, since you've been referencing the Bible in this episode, love your neighbor. Okay. Well, I can love my neighbor, <laughs> but I don't love my neighbor like I love you. you I can take there's chocolate a, chip cookies, but I ain't going There's in. levels of love. Right. So like, love completely a neighbor the way you'd love a neighbor, right. which for me is like when I see him, hi, how you doing? How's life? Taking over a candle. We've done that. We've taken over flowers. Like, I hope you're doing well. We respect them. Like at night at 11 p.m., we have friends over and I realize like, hey, we might be getting a little loud. Like, hey, guys, let's keep it down. Why? Like, uh, uh, we love our neighbor. That level of love. It's totally different from the love I have for my spouse or if you're if you're not married, your person, like that person that you fell in love with. Like that love, and we and we've had we've had moments in our relationship, and people would know that. Listen to the podcast where like I don't know if we were loving each other completely. Mm-hmm. We were put we were holding each other at a distance, mm-hmm. and man, that that is I don't know what it is, but it certainly didn't make us happy. Right, it didn't make us happy to love each other at a distance. No, is every time we've loved completely, I think that's where we've hurt each other the most. And I also think that's where we've been the happiest. Isn't it true? And it's almost like you're going to have to well, you have com- to go out there. Yeah, you have loving to completely is it. is a breeding ground for um, healing. It's 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 like, what other options do we have? I think I've I've tried the other options that you're talking about. Just you know, partially you know loving, partially building a friendship because you've been hurt in that friendship. It it in the end it it doesn't go well. It doesn't well, go as well. I should say. Okay, like the Bible even says, love your enemies. So like what, and if I'm going to love completely, like how do you, loving your enemies, for me, I'm just thinking about it right now because you've been referencing that, like to love my enemies, like the people that have hurt me, that have harmed me, means that I don't hurt them back and I don't wish them ill or evil. That That is the sum total of me completely loving them. It's like, listen, I'm not hoping and praying that your house falls down on you and that your business <laughs> collapses and that your marriage fails. Because you've hurt me so bad, I'm not hoping that bad comes to you. Mm-hmm. That's loving our enemies, right? <clears throat> that's not that's not taking revenge when revenge is yours to take. 
and you have the opportunity to take revenge. It's not celebrating when all of the evil that they dished out comes back to haunt them. It's not throwing a party, right? right? Love your enemies. Oh, man, hard, but we can do it. You can love completely. Um, And the reason we hesitate to love 100% full on people in our lives because there's risk in it. And can I say, I don't even know what loving completely or loving 100% really feels like and looks like all the time. I think when you say that love completely, I I th- I want to think I I am, but then I find myself you know in moments where I'm just like, oh man, you're bugging me, man. I I cannot right now. You know what I mean? It's, well, yeah. And it's like that doesn't mean oh. you don't love them. Okay, there's days I don't like you, but I love you. We're not talking about like here. Totally. And I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people are like that means it's just always sunflowers and sunshines and no. unicorns and rainbows and no, oh, oh, we love no 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 no. It's not. <laughs> sometimes I don't even like you. Like, and you could say to me, like, I do not like you right now, but we love each other completely. I think the thing that I've learned to do and still learning is that when I feel disappointed by somebody that I've, I've loved completely and, and, and maybe they've truly have disappointed, maybe they've hurt you, whatever that may look like. I've had to really learn to see them in their best moments, remember their best moments, remember their their shining you know moments of relationship and not focus on the negative not focus on maybe their weakness because because mm. a lot of times we don't love completely because we're being hurt or we're being betrayed or we're being lied to and I think what restored a lot of my love towards a lot of different relationships was I got to remember the good though because they're in a they're in a moment or they're in a funk but I got to remember that there's good and that that's not who they are the way they're acting right now is ultimately not who they really are and yeah. learning to help I guess helping myself to remember that totally and that helps me to love completely and then i'm like okay you know what they're in some kind of funk they're in some kind of way could be a spouse could be a friend and you're just like you know what it's okay but truly remembering the good moments helps kind of brings me back around to loving completely but that's the thing is not you got to put people in the right category and i think one of the reasons we get burned with loving completely like loving 100 percent, is because we put the wrong people in the category we put the girlfriend in the wife category totally and so right. all of a sudden you're loving her you're loving that that boyfriend or that girlfriend like you've committed your life to each other and you didn't. And so the disappointment is so profound. And it's like, oh, you put them on kind of, we put friends sometimes in the family category. Now we do, I have had friends like family. That's a great point. But I put a friend in a family category. So it's like, I love them like family. It's like, but they're just a friend. And so they disappoint you and it doesn't, and you're like, but you, you set yourself up or for the that. opposite. Yeah. It's family who disappoints and friends are even closer than family. Totally. Some family members, I'll be I honest. Mean, I have, I mean, we have a na- massively extended family. I mean, I have like, I don't know. What do we have? Like 30 cousins, Vic. We got like, like that, yeah. 15 uncles and aunts. And, and then you add extended family to that marriages. And uh, I mean, we have nephews and it's just our family is well in the hundreds of like our extended family. Some of those family are in the friend category for me. That's it. And some of them, honestly, if we're just being honest, are in the neighbor category for me. Like you're a yeah. neighbor. Like, hey, neighbor. Hey, what was your name again? <laughs> and so I can't I can't love them like family because they're not family. Right. So you have to put people in the right category to do this well. And I think that really does help with a lot of unmet expectations. Yes. So that you, you're able to understand how to love that person and what that love completely looks like in that category, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my kids, it's a totally different love completely than 
Capone. <laughs> and I'm making it a reference because people love their dogs more than their kids sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think we even can mess that up. And I think you make such a good point. I had a friend months ago tell me, like, talking, referring to his wife, he's like, you know, we're partners. We're partners. Mm. And, and I literally looked at him, I was like, bro, I don't think you get to do that. I don't think you get to take the woman that you fell in love with, who you love and you've chosen to spend the rest of your life with, and then put her in the partner category. You told him that. Yeah. And I wish I had said it that clear, but I was, I was dancing around a little bit, but he got the gist of it. I'm like, you're never going to be happy, truly happy, because she's, she's your wife. That's done. So now you, now you have to work on that. It's like kids. I can't put my sons in the friend category. They're my sons. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and here's the thing. You're point. like, well, how can I love them completely? Well, get used to maybe getting hurt because there's no way you can love completely without the risk of hurt. That's the beauty of love. That's, that's the beauty of it. I remember, you remember we almost broke up. I almost broke up when we were dating. Oh, I remember. Six months into it, I called you and I tried to break it off. And I remember that. Why? I'll tell you exactly why. Because I was realizing that my happiness was somewhat dependent on her. And the first time in my life, I'm like, like if she, if I'm not with her, if I'm not around her, if if she doesn't agree with what I'm like, I'm I, there was this dependency, like the joy, it. and I was like, it's never been this way. It's always been me, me and my people, and me and my God. But she was becoming my person. She was becoming this woman I was falling in love with, and I didn't like the vulnerability and the dependency that was developing. But that was because I was 100% falling in love with her, and I was completely loving her, and I was realizing like, wait a second, that means. This woman now has the power to hurt me. Did you just not let him break up with you? I just called out his shiznit. You know, I just said, I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, and I think I did say something along the lines. I said, I think because I'm actually wanting to do A, B, and C, and you don't want me to do it that way. Cause it was, it was something very petty. And I go, the but, that doesn't, was a but that doesn't even change the fact that this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. No, I, I think you're, you're saying from your perspective, which is very practical for me. It was a smokescreen, whatever I was upset about. It was because I was feeling emotionally like you have control over some of my happiness, which I'm just saying that's love, by the way. Yeah. Like that if that does if that's not the case, then it's just it's just you have a case of the likes. You like each other, but there's no real commitment. But when you love completely, you're saying, like, you know what? And I think And it's worth it. It's actually worth it. It's, it's worth 100%. the hurt that could come from it. It is. And we've been hurt. We've hurt each other. We've had friends that we loved like family that literally are would be like you can almost throw them in the enemy category. I don't feel like we have any enemies, but you could almost put them there because the hurt mm -hmm. was so profound. But it's like, okay, but was it worth it in the end? God, yes. It is. I That's think life. You touched on something, and I just want to go back to it really quick because you said putting people in the right category. I think that is actually the the ticket, like putting That's the people ticket. in the right category because I think we put expectations on a friend in a relationship and we find ourselves hurt too much or frustrated and we think it's them, them, them. But I honestly would ask the question, you probably have put that person in the, the wrong category. Like we're best friends for life. There's a set of expectations. Yeah. There's a set of expectations. Oh, I and thought we so, were just buddies. Oh no, yeah. we're best friends oh, for you, life forever. You hit on it again about like, you're, you're, it's the girlfriend. You're not married to her. And that becomes possessive a little bit, controlling. Well, I love her. That's why I do what I do. I'm like, no, that's And you weird. may love her. That's actually dysfunctional. But, and it, it's, it's been put in the wrong category. Like she's your girlfriend. You guys known each other for two weeks. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's too much. Totally, like, yeah. And, and, and helping people navigate the feeling of love. You know, we're doing quotations here yeah. of loving completely. And I think it can go both ways. I mean, we could dig into this whole topic, but I love the fact that you said 
putting people in the right category helps us learn to love completely in the in in the right category. And yeah. so I think that that actually relieves me a little bit because I can't I can't love everybody the way I love my family. And we we've been blessed to have such a great great family, a tight-knit family. And I think, you know, sometimes I feel bad if I don't spend enough time with certain friends. And I think mm-hmm. you can't do that. There right. is there is a point where yeah, be a good friend, right? But you can't you can't treat everyone like you treat your close friends and family. I love it. Yeah, we could go on forever. That's this really was good. good. I'm encouraged. You know what? So and the formula, babe. It's certainly the not a formula, formula for happiness because we don't subscribe we don't, to that. But I do think those four things could help you be happier. I and, agree. Uh, I agree. Cheers to more coffee. Happy days. Hey. Happy hours. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> All Cheers. Right. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Coffee Talk with Billy and Jen. Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and we'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review, rate us, or follow us on social media at It's Billy Huffman. Here's to more coffee and honest conversations. Cheers.